Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Well, let's get into the Word of God here this morning. We are, uh, last week we kind of took a little bit of a hiatus from the Psalms and Proverbs. I told you guys earlier this summer, I want to spend the summer in Psalms and Proverbs. And last week was Father's Day, so we decided to be celebrating Father's Day and looking to the Word on who our Father is. And we talked about our Heavenly Father last Sunday. Well, today I want us to turn to Psalms 34, and I'd like for you to turn to Psalms 34, and we're going to uh, dive into Psalm 34 for the next couple of weeks here, possibly three, but please stand with me. Turn to Psalms 34, starting in verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 this morning. Psalm 34 says this. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Let us pray. Father, as we look to your word today, as we seek you, Lord, may you remind us who you are. Father, remind your people of who you are and what you've done. Father, speak to us now through your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask this in your Son's precious name. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. Well, the title of my sermon, I guarantee you will not forget this title this morning. The title of the message is called Under Pressure. Uh, You might be wondering why or how I came up with the title of this psalm today. Well, it was Thursday night. I'll tell you a quick story on how this title kind of came to my mind here. It was Thursday night. We had finished our softball game, which I think we lost. It was a rough one. But I was in the kitchen getting some water, and throughout the week, if you you guys may not know this, but as I'm preparing a message, I'm thinking about it throughout the entire week. It's not like I just work on it at some section. It's just constantly on my mind and I'm brewing on it. And I was getting some water and as I was thinking about Psalm 34, this, these words came to my mind. And then another thought came to me. Isn't there like a song with these words in it? And so I quickly Googled it and I was like, I think there is a song. And I started listening and I thought, oh, there's not just a song. There's actually a title of a song, and you guys who grew up in the 80s may know the title of this song. Joey, do you have this song? This is not Vanilla Ice. This is originally. Is 
Is it coming to you now? Do you know the song? Well, listen to the first chorus. Pressure, pressing down on me, pressing down on you. No one asked for. He's under pressure. All right, I'm not going to sing it for you. Joey, that's enough. People are, I'm going to get, I'm going to get chased out of here. Well, this song, I was thinking about it in the title, Under Pressure, and you might be, you might also be thinking right now, Jeff, we just read Psalm 34. I saw nothing about pressure in that psalm. You may be, may be thinking that. Well, uh, I need to give you a quick history on what's happening in Psalm 34, and these words are going to make a little bit more sense here. If you have your Bibles, sometimes at, in the beginning of the Psalms, it will tell you what is taking place during this Psalm. So Psalm 34 was written by David, and David, uh, in, in the ESV Bible, at the title of Psalm 34, it says of David, when he changed his behavior before uh, Ambelech, Ambelimelech, Garrett, help me out here. How do you say that one? Amalek, Amalek, Abimelech, Abimelech, so that he drove him out and went away. Now, Abimelech is a title given to a Philistine ruler at the time of David. And there is an account of when David is before a Philistine ruler, and David has to get a little crazy, and David has to get out of a pretty terrible situation. And I want you to look with me to 1 Samuel chapter 21. And as you turn there, I want to give you a quick background. So, so 1 Samuel 21, this is David. He is not yet king, but David is at a very difficult point in his life. David is on the run. Saul wants to kill David. Now, just before this, Saul's son, Jonathan, had warned David, David, my dad, he's nuts. He wants to kill you. And David flees. And we start to pick up this account in 1 Samuel 21, starting in verse 10. And we're going to see what is actually taking place when Psalm 34 is penned. So, so look with me, 1 Samuel chapter 21, starting in verse 10. It says, And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Archish, the king of Gath. This would be the king of the Philistines. And the servant of Archish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down a thousand, and David his ten thousand. So David is before this king, and one of the king's servants recognizes David. Isn't this David? Isn't this the one? There's King Saul, but Saul, they talked about Saul. Saul killed a thousand, talking about Philistines. But doesn't David slay tens of thousands of Philistines? So David is literally before a Philistine king, and a servant of the king points this out. Hey, this is the guy that's been slaughtering our people. Saul took out a thousand. David kills ten thousand. So this guy points this out before the king. Look at verse 12. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid because Archish, Archish, the king of Gath, David knows who he's standing before now. 
So, so David has to get out of this situation. What does David do? Verse 13. So he changes his behavior before them and pretends to be insane in their hands and, and marks on the door of the gate and lets his spittle run down his beard. So you can imagine David. King, king recognizes who this guy is. David quick, quickly thinks on his feet, I'm going to just act nuts. He starts drooling from his mouth. He's making marks on the door. Well, then Archish said to the servant, Behold, you see this man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Chapter 22. David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down to him. Look at verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. And he became commander over them, and there were with him about 400 men. That last part, did you catch that? Everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was Bitter in soul gathered to David. David is on the run. Saul wants to kill him. Now one of the Philistine kings starts to recognize who he is. David gets out of that situation. He escaped out of there. And now David is in a cave. And look who comes to David's side. Would you consider these to be the, the uh, how to say this? The men that you would want at your side when your life is on the line. Everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. Just want you just to imagine this entire situation. Not only is David's life on the line, but the people who come to his side, I don't know if I would want them with me. Like, when you're in distress, is it good to have more people come to you that are also in distress? And who, what the scripture says, who are bitter in soul? I mean, really think about this. This is the situation David is in, and then what does he pen? He pens Psalm 34. This is the amazing part about the word of the Lord. David... I can see he was living in fear. 1 Samuel 12, 21 says this, And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Ashish, the king of Gath. And here David is in a cave, distressed. He's under a lot of pressure. Things in life have gone very bad at this point. Anxiety, the unknown, and to top it off, the crowd with him is bitter in soul, and they're also in distress. And it also says that they're in debt of these people. But then he pens Psalm 34. Look at verse 1 here. I bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. In verse 2, let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
I've said this before, but you can tell the heart of a man or woman when you put them under pressure. You may not know this about yourself, but uh, if you would examine your own life and think about times when you are in a lot of distress and a lot of pressure is upon your life, maybe you just got very terrible medical news, maybe your job is not going as planned, and there is pressure of this life upon you, it reveals. And what comes out of you in that moment is who we are. I guarantee this. It's like you got a balloon and you squeeze it, and what's going to come out of that balloon? And for us humans, we don't, we don't often like to think about this, but when you are under pressure, when you are under stress, what flows out of you? is actually who you are. You may think to yourself, well, that's not really who I am. Out of the heart of man, the mouth speaks. And I I point this out because when you look at David, he is under extreme pressure. Does David instantly start complaining? Does David let his anger overtake him? Now, we do know that David was afraid. It makes that clear. He was. There was some fear. But does worry come out of him? How does David respond here? It was actually just yesterday I was thinking about these words as well and thinking about within my own life because I know this to be true, that when Jeff is under pressure, you're going to find out what comes out of him what is really going on in the heart and in my mind and, and inside of me. And this is true, like I said, within all of us. But just yesterday, we were, uh, it was a hot one yesterday. I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, I'm not really a fan of heat. And we had a scheduled um, a 35-mile bike ride yesterday. And we were getting to a point in the ride. Uh, I'd ran out of water about uh, 20 to 30 minutes before this time. And I'm running out of water, and I'm with a group, and I need to get water. And I can see within me the impatience starting to rise. You could say, well, Jeff, you were dehydrated. We can make excuses, sure, but I was recognizing this in the moment. I was like, okay, what's? I'm feeling impatient. I'm not feeling too kind. I know that I need to get water. And those who were with me, Mitch always sees the worst side of me because Mitch and I were, were all biking. He, he's back there laughing. And maybe Mitch noticed it. Maybe Mitch did not notice it. But I noticed that the moment this pressure was coming upon me, I started to recognize what is about to come out of me. And I was getting impatient. And I wanted just to find some water. And we did. We were able to go to Meyer, and I knew that I had to take a break. And I escaped from the crowd for about 20 minutes, and they were probably wondering what I was doing, but I was getting hydrated. But I was, I was praying, and I was like, Lord, this is, this is exactly what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow, but also this is, this is how you work on our lives. We start to see what is really going on inside of us. And like I said, most people don't, don't really want to talk about it. Most people don't even really want, to, really want to think about it. But trust me, talk to your spouse They know who you are when life becomes difficult. They see what comes out. They hear what comes out. But like I said, look at how David responds. He says, I bless the Lord. His praise is continuously on my lips. 
He says, I boast in the Lord. To boast is to talk extensively in pride and self-satisfactions about one's achievements. But David is giving the boasting to the Lord about how great the Lord is and about the achievements and how wonderful the Lord is. And David, we see within him, within underneath some of the most stressful circumstances, praise and exalting to the Lord coming out of him. When David is pressed, praises comes out. Exalting comes out. Not bitterness, not his reaction. And I love in Psalm 34.3, because his crew is with him, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. As David is with his 400 misfits, is what I kind of think of him, he looks at them and David knows life is not going well. David, it's not like David's like unaware of what is happening to him. David is fully aware, but he looks at his crew with him. He says, come on, let's exalt the Lord together. Let's sing praise to the Lord together. In church, as I, as I think about this, I think these next verses give us a little insight on why this comes out of David. Look at verse... Four. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. I think this is the key of understanding who David is. And as you've read the Old Testament, David is one of the most fascinating guys to study. Does he have faults? Absolutely. But does he have a heart for the Lord? 100%. But David says here, I sought the Lord and he answered me. It's this idea that David understood that within his life he is seeking after God. It's not a passive response. He's not just, well, I, I was at the synagogue on Saturday and I heard some words and that's going to kind of do me over. David's life is the example of seeking after God. This day-by-day life of, of David coming to the Lord in prayer. Spending time in worship, spending time in God's presence. The Lord and David, and David knew who the Lord was. And I believe as you look at this psalm, that's why, that's why praises comes out of David. Because David had sought the Lord, he had known who the Lord is, and regardless of circumstances within life, what comes out? Praises. And I love that, that last line, and he delivered me from all of my fears. You know, they say, what are the two biggest fears that mankind has? You guys know this one. First one's easy, death. Death is like mankind's biggest fear. Second biggest fear? Taxes. Oh, we all hate taxes, but... Public speaking is actually rated number two. And the running joke is, is oftentimes at a man's funeral, the person giving the eulogy or the message would rather be in the coffin than be up there giving the message. But David recognized that as David sought the Lord, as David had this relationship with God, he says that the Lord has delivered him from all of his fears. David recognized that he has fears. David sees them when they come up. 
It says that, it says that he was afraid as, as he was before the king of the, of the Philistines here. But I just think about that, church. As David is facing death, there's no fear. He's got two kings that want to kill him. There's no fear. It wasn't because David delivered himself from all of that fear, but it says, the Lord has delivered me from all my fears. I think there's this huge correlation between David's relationship with the Lord, what comes out of David, how David is in times of the most difficult troubles of life. It's because he knows who God is. He knows his Father in heaven. And it's not a passive relationship. He knows who he is. There is this bond and this relationship. David had spent time hours and years spending time in prayer and in worship and before the king. And when life becomes difficult, you see what comes out. I believe, church, full-heartedly that within our lives, within our very own lives, and on how we respond and how things within our lives happen, it will reveal who we are. It reveals who we trust. It reveals our fears of this life. But I also think that as a believer in Christ, as we spend time with him, as we get to know him and trust him, he transforms our lives and he can deliver us from all of our fears. But it takes us, his church, his people, not to be passive with him. Not to be like, well, you know, maybe I might spend some time in prayer and maybe that could be a good idea. As you look at David's life, his life, he was devoted to the Lord, devoted to obeying his word, devoted to prayer and singing praise and declaring who God was. And when the troubles hit, praises comes out. I think within our own lives, church, I want us, I want me, I want us to live that way as well. As you look at Psalm 34, it's just... David, instantly, he just knows how great the Lord is. Look at, look at verse 5. It says, Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. What a beautiful image. Those who look unto him, their faces become radiant, and he says, their faces shall never be ashamed. Why are men and women not ashamed before their king, before their God? Because they know that it is their God who forgives them, who washes away all of their sins, who has this grace upon their lives. God's children do not walk in shame because we know that he has forgiven us. Verse 6, David, David knows that the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. That last verse, leave, leave that one up there, there, boy. I want to kind of point that one out. I was, I was studying this verse this past week and different scholars had a couple of different thoughts there, but... One thing was for sure. David knows who God is and knows the ability of what the Lord has. He says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. 
Now, I don't know personally at all times that we, men and women, have got angels surrounding us. I believe that there is, within the heavenly host, there is spiritual realm, spiritual things going on. But I do know this. David was absolutely confident that when God's people cry out, when God's people are in need, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and they deliver them. You know how in the New Testament, I mentioned this one earlier, our battle is not against flesh and blood. But if you read on, it's against principalities. It, it is, it's not a physical battle that we are facing. There is a spiritual realm going on. And I don't necessarily know every little detail on that there. But David has this confidence and this knowledge of God that, that David absolutely recognizes that when God's people, those who fear him, are in trouble, the Lord's angels, God's workers, deliver them. That within the spiritual realm, God's angels are at work. We don't see it, but I believe that as a, as a men and women who fear Christ, we can take heart and trust in that. So I share all of this with you guys. Because I think to the heart of Psalm 34, we see how well David trusts and David has confidence in the Lord. And I think it all comes from David knowing him. David knows he spent time with him. He knows who God is. And when the pressures of life come on, praises come out. And I think, church, that's honestly just the challenge for us. When pressures come to you, don't try to just avoid them, but watch what comes out of you. It's okay if there's going to be fits of anger and getting really, really worked up and getting really, really fearful. It, I'm not saying that it's like, okay, well, as a believer, I, I can't experience any emotions. What I'm saying is it's okay that when that stuff comes out because to me, it's like we have an opportunity to say, Lord, I see this within me, Lord. God, I, I, <laughs> I see that I'm not always patient. And I see that I don't always respond how I should. And I can be quick with my words. Lord, I, I see this. You've, all, you've all, always known this. But God, do a work on my heart. God, transform this heart of mine. Transform who I am. Lord, I know that this is not honoring to you. But Lord, I see it within me. And we come to him. And we watch him forgive us. And transform us, because that's who he is. That's what he does. So church, I just want to just challenge you with that this morning. When the pressure comes, recognize what comes out. And bring it to the Lord. Let him remind you that he delivers you. That he has forgiven you. That his grace is upon you. And that it is him who transforms our hearts and our minds. I'm going to ask for you to stand, and I want to pray for you this morning. And I'm going to ask Garrett and the worship team to, to, uh, to uh, come back up and, and lead us. in. Uh, I think that oceans was very applicable to the message here. But, but let me pray. Father, Father, you, you know us, Lord. Father, you see everything that is within us, Lord. You see what comes out of us at times. But Father, I pray, Lord, that your church, that your people will continuously come to you, continuously know you.
Father, do a work on our hearts and on our lives today. Father, we give you the praise. We exalt your name. We give you the glory. We trust that you are the God who delivers us. Lord, you have the ability to take away all of our fears. And it comes in your presence, Lord. God, I praise you now. In Jesus' name.